Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. So today we're kicking off a brand new sermon series uh, called Family Matters. And so our lead pastor, John Adams, is going to come give us that sermon in just a second. But a lot of you remember that show in the late 80s, early 90s, Family Matters, right? And so we thought it would be a cool nod uh, to listen to that music. So go ahead and cue it, and then John will be up to give us. Bob, hey, welcome Vine. Hey, great to have you guys and your family matters. And if you're a single, you matter. And we're just so glad that you are here today as we come together to gather around God's word. And so we welcome you guys in person. And it's great to have our kids back, right? Thank you, God. Praise God. And they're uh, they're meeting again. And we're also just so glad if you're here and you're online, thank you for being and with us today. And so, you know, as we think about family matters in that show, you know, there were a lot of issues with that family, but they had Steve Urkel as a neighbor. And he came through and he thought he was really a part of the family. And there was a, and so they were worked out all sorts of issues in that family. And, and believe it or not, if you have a family, you have some things to work through too, don't you? because we all face things and struggles in our lives and we need God's help and God's word to help us, to guide us and direct us in all ways. And so today we're gonna focus on a dirty little word in our culture. And it's that word submission. Uh, And so uh, today we're gonna see that uh, how submission kind of relates to all Christ followers. And that all of us need to put ourselves under submission today. And, you know, as we think about submission, you, you ordinarily think about it as weakness, right? But just as we saw one of our values last week is that we desire to be humble and teachable, submission actually is strength because it's people who are humbling themselves before the Lord and saying, Look, God, I am weak, but I need your strength. And I need your help to live well in my life and what we call around here to flourish in God's grace. So we're going to be looking at that today and uh, in this journey over the next several weeks about your family that matters and what the Bible has to say about relationships, which is so important. So someone in the culture, uh, I read about... uh, A journalist, um, columnist Tara Park Pope said about in modern relationships, people are looking for a partnership and they want partners who make their lives more interesting and who help each of them attain valued goals. And that's a good thing to do that, to I mean, to uh, have your partner, whether you're married or you have friendships, have them make you Uh, your life more interesting and to help each other achieve uh, each other's goals. But you know what? That is not the purpose ultimately of relationships. And we'll see even here in marriage today that that's not the purpose. The purpose ultimately is to glorify God 
and then to serve him and then serve others. And by doing that and being about that, you will flourish, flourish in your life and God's grace, whether your circumstances are great or not. God will help you to flourish. And, and that is the beautiful thing of what God can do in and through your life. So today we're going to be looking at a little bit about God's word and how this relates here to singles, to marrieds, to whatever state that you're in, in all relationships. And we're going to begin by looking at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. So if you have your Bibles, turn there with me. If you have your handhelds, pull those out. Remember, guys, as, as we look at this year of trying to deepen you in God's word, it's important to see God's word in context. So it'll be helpful for you to have a Bible, a handheld, and be able to turn there and look at God's word along with me. So remember that this is God's holy word, and we submit to his authority. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 18. And, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the, the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Verse 33. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. This is God's word, and we say thanks be to you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We put yourself under the authority of your holy word. You see, as we look today at the uh, biblical definition of submission, this is one way you can define it, is submission is a voluntary decision to put ourselves under the, the covering and protection of another. The husband's submission is primarily expressed through loving his wife. And the wife's submission is primarily expressed through respecting her husband. And we're going to see in this passage today that God alone gives that power for, for us to biblically submit. And, uh, and we're going to focus on this one thing today as we look at this passage, is that submission is for everyone. Everyone here in this room and online, no matter who you are, what role or state you're in, submission is for everyone. And it's, it's so important. And, 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 and we see this here in verse 21. Because verse 21 is a key connector verse. It actually connects as you study God's word and put it into context. It, you'll see that verse 21 is a connector for the first section of chapter 5 all the way through verse 20 to the second section that begins in verse 22 through the end of the chapter. And so it's, it applies to, as we can see, uh, we'll be teaching about marriage in 5, 22 through 23, our kids and parenting, 6, 1 through 4, and then, and then our work and relationships there in 6, 5 through 9. And, it's, it's, and the King James, New King James Version 
talks about it this way, or is written this way. Verse 21, it says, Submitting to one another in the fear of God, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. And in, in the original, and you may not have that in front of you right now, the Greek, it actually reads this way in the original. Verse 21 would say, Submitting to one another in the fear of God, wives, as to your husbands, as to the Lord. You see, the word verse, in verse submit doesn't appear in the original in verse 22. It is implied in, in, in verse 21. And there, verse 22 takes it from verse 21. And so today as we think about this, it doesn't water down the wife's role to biblical submission. But it teaches us an important thing. Guys, ladies, we are all to submit. Submission is for everyone. The scripture talks about this over and over and over again, and it's a beautiful word. It's a great help for us to flourish in God's grace, but the culture out there is saying, that's a bad word. It's about weakness. It's not really what I want to do. And, and you know, yeah, if we get in the flesh, it's probably something we wouldn't want to do. But as we are guided by God, we're going to see in this passage just a few things about what it means for submission to be for everyone. And the first thing is this, is that we submit as we grow in the fear of the Lord. Again, the New King James Version says this clearly, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord, it's not about God, a God who's going to beat you or come after you or you feel like he's a mean God. I mean, we have all sorts of misconceptions of God and who he is. Here the fear is talking about our wonder or awe that we are under and deputized by the authority of God. And we who know Christ it's our Savior and Lord. We are his kids. So it's about relationship. You see, with God, it's not about a transaction like, God, you give me your authority or power, and then I'm going to work hard for you. No, it's not like that. Our God, as we come to know Christ as our Savior and Lord, we have this beautiful, growing relationship with him. And he is the sovereign God of the universe. And we have to put ourselves under his authority, and that's a beautiful thing when we do so. Uh, in the, the late uh, 20th century, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones was probably one of the greatest preachers in, in all of England. And he said this about the fear of the Lord. He says, it's the fear of grieving or disappointing the one who loved us and gave himself for us. Do you have that fear? Do you have a fear of disappointing or grieving God? You know, as we fear the Lord, we will die more and more to our self-interest. And we will become glad. Because why? Because you will know that God has your best interest in mind. And he will give you strength in, in your relationships, whether, again, they're going well or not. And so we need to realize that first and foremost, we, 
Submission is for everyone. And we submit as we grow in the fear of the Lord. But secondly, we submit, this passage teaches us, as we surrender to the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 18. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And then this, if you have your Bibles, look at them. You'll see that this sentence goes on and on and on with no periods, only commas, until you come to the end of, or to verse 21, and it says, submitting to one another in the fear of God, period. My high school teacher, English teacher, would have graded Paul way down on this run-on sentence. It goes on and on and on. And, and yet, the reason why this is a long run-on sentence is this. Because to submit to God and to one another in relationships and to fear him, we have to first and foremost be filled with the Holy Spirit. And what does that mean? Well, just briefly, uh, you know that the tense maybe of this verb is not being filled with the Holy Spirit is a continuous filling. It's, it's, it should be, could be translated, be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not one and done. We have to constantly surrender control or any idols that we struggle with, approval or power or comfort, whatever it is, security, false fears. Are we saying, God, constantly and continuously, we want to be filled with your Holy Spirit, and we're trusting you in our lives. And so we see that this, is, this applies to, yes, to marriage, to husbands and wives about being filled with the Holy Spirit. But look at the verse that it goes right after 18. It says there, um, Paul writes, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Jordan at the call to worship shared with us the parallel passage to this one to Ephesians 5.19 from Colossians 3. And what this teaches us is if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we will know how to worship our God both personally and corporately. And so the question is for us, are we, when we come here on Sunday mornings, are we praying in the car, God, empty me of control and fill me with your Holy Spirit. You control me. And then you guide me in the way you want me to respond. And we should be continuously praying this, not just going to worship. It talks about how we deal with church and how we work with family relationships. We have to continuously ask God, invite his Holy Spirit to control us. So if you want to grow in your relationship and align your life with God's best for you, and you want that, don't you? You want to flourish in God's grace, right? Surrender to the Holy Spirit. God, I give up. I trust you. Holy Spirit, fill me and change me and take control of every corner of my heart in my life. And so you might ask today, well, how do I do this, John? And uh, so 2 Corinthians 6.16 tells us a little bit. It says, for we are the temple of the living God. 
You know, the Holy Spirit, when we come to know Jesus Christ as our God and Savior, when we, uh, when we come to that relationship, the Holy Spirit resides with us. He makes his home in us. And then he begins to work through us. And the beautiful thing is we come to him. We're, we, are, we, we, when we come to know Christ as our Savior and Lord, guys, we get all the Holy Spirit. We don't get half the Holy Spirit, do we? We don't get three quarters of the Holy Spirit. He comes and resides fully with us. Here's the problem. It's this little word named sin. Because we so often just kind of turn away and get distracted. Or we begin to think, you know, the culture, that's, man, that's what I need to do. Or this or that. And we get all of these ideas. And we have to constantly say, no, God, I want to say, Holy Spirit, you fill me. You change me. I want you, I surrender to you so that I will fear you and I will submit to you. Submission at the very heart of it is a church, people who are constantly, continuously being filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you? I'd invite you to do that this week, each week, each day. And if you haven't ever done that, pray once a day. Holy Spirit, I give you the control. Fill me with yourself. So we see from this passage that submission is for everyone. First of all, we submit as we grow in the fear of the Lord. Secondly, we submit as we surrender to the Holy Spirit. But thirdly, wives are to submit as they trust God has their best interest in mind. Look at verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Voluntarily, are you putting yourself under your husband's authority? Now, that might be easier for you today if your husband is like following God and he loves you well and he's listening to you and, you know, you're feeling heard and everything is sort of copacetic with you and he. And you're like, that's not hard for me to submit to that. But what, what if you're struggling? And guys, ladies, we all go through struggles in our marriage at some point if we're married. Like all human relationships, we have to work through these things. So you might ask this question do, as, as a wife, do I need to submit to my husband if he's not following the Lord? Well, let me answer that question very briefly for you. First of all, we are all first to submit to God, right? Then we are to rely on him to help us to live out our biblical roles. And, and um, listen, if, he, if your husband is telling you to, to um, make a decision or act in a way that is against God's word, how are we to respond, ladies? Well, again, God's word give us, gives us that answer. Acts 5.29 says, we must obey God rather than men. But if your husband is not clearly teaching or leading you in a way contrary to the word of God, and 
whether he is a Christian or not, you can look at this at, also in 1 Peter chapter 3. We, we, and I'm saying we, I'm going to say ladies, at that point, wives, then you need to submit. So let me give you, a, what does that look like, practically speaking? Some of you may know that I am married to a woman who is a little bit strong in her personality. Lizanne, my wife, Anne Elizabeth DiVirgilio, we've been married over 34 years, and what our pastor used to call her the blonde bullet. And so she is, a, here she comes in the room, woo! And uh, she is an amazing lady, lots of strengths, super gifted, uh, and, and yet, so several years ago, before we planted this church, I came to Lizanne, and, and um, I, I came to her with some, a leading that I thought was from the Lord. Now, I want to give, set this up for you. We were in a church that was flourishing over in the Lawrenceville area. It, was, it had grown. We had planted a church. We had great friends there in our neighborhood. We had a wonderful neighborhood. Our girls had their best friends all in that community. And I came to Lizanne one day and I said, Lizanne, I believe God is leading us to go plant a church over and coming. And you know what her response was to me? John, I was about 40 years old, are you going through a midlife crisis? You know? Maybe you need counseling. And I said, okay, I'm not a problem with that. Maybe I do. So I went to counseling. And after some counseling, weeks of counseling, I came back to Lizanne and I said, Lizanne, I believe God is leading us to plant a church in coming. And so um, she talked to a few of her Christian friends, girlfriends. And a few of them said to her this. They said, John, or Lizanne, if, if you and John are both agreed on this decision, then we believe it's of the Lord. But if it, they are, you aren't, it's probably not. You see, that's not... Guys, ladies, that's not ultimately what the Bible is saying. So Lizanne went back to the Word, went back to a couple friends who really knew the Word well, and, and she came back to me and she said, John, I really, in myself, I don't want to go, but I am willing. And I'm willing to do this. We've prayed about this. We've worked through this. And I believe that, you know, I believe, I'm trusting you, in essence. So I was thinking, I better not blow this one, <laughs> you know? And so we did that and we made that move. And so, you know... Um, so that's one way that works out in marriage. And so if you're here and you're single, there's many ways that biblical submission is going to help you in, in your relationships. And I'm going to share with that, you a little more about that in just a moment. But whatever state you're in, we, are, we need to submit. And wives are to submit as they trust God has their best interest in mind. Um, I, uh, one lady in our church here, who's a pretty gifted lady, I asked her, what do you think about biblical submission? And this is what she said to me. This is a quote. I find it interesting that God tells women to submit to their husbands because he knew what our biggest weakness could be, that we would want to be in control. On the other hand, 
He tells men to love their wives in Christ, as Christ loved the church because he knew that their biggest weakness would be to love themselves, self-centeredness. If the man is doing his part to love his wife, then it makes it easier for the woman to submit. Women are responders. We're like flowers. If we're watered and given sunlight, then we blossom. But if we are stomped on, then we wither. That is when we feel like we have to take matters in our own hands because we then fear that we will not be taken care of. You see, I don't know where you are, uh, ladies, wives, where you are in your process, or you will be married, but listen. You know, it's so easy for us to tell ourselves even half-truths, which are lies. Things like this. Um, my husband doesn't come anywhere close to loving me like Christ loves the church. Why should I submit to him? Or if I submit to my husband, I lose my identity. Or if I submit to my husband, I give my thoughts, give up my thoughts and my feelings. Or if I submit to my husband, then I must do whatever he wants. I have no say in any decisions. I must follow whatever he wants or says, or whether it's right or wrong. You see, these are just half-truths. And, and ultimately, we can justify our position not to submit. Not just for wives, but for any person, any Christ follower. But guys and ladies, do you believe God has your best interest in mind? He wants you to flourish in your life and in God's grace as you submit to your husband. And by the way, next week, guys, we're going to be teaching on loving your wife as Christ loved the church. How hard is that to do, right? And so as we look at these things, I just want to share with you some practical applications, ladies, on how you can continue to submit and as you trust God is he has his be your best interest in mind. And the first practical thing I want to share with you is this, is you can't fix your husband. You can't fix your husband. In fact, you can't fix yourself. You can't fix anyone. You need God to help you to change your heart, to change your life. Read a, years ago, a book by Evelyn Christensen. It was a great title, Lord, Change Me. Because the only way we can grow and change is by God changing us. We can't change anyone. And so prayer is, a, is the greatest tool you have in praying for your husband if he's, you know, if he's dominant or passive. And men tend to go one of those two directions. Asking God that he would grow up to love you more and more as Christ loves the church. But secondly, we are to live in our identity as a child of God. And that's true for all of us, right? Singles, married. We have to live in that place of believing that we're no longer a slave to fear. We are a child of God, not by what some, who's, someone says who we are, whether it's our husband or someone else or someone in the culture or someone in our work. No, we are a son or daughter of God because God's word says so. He says so. 
And he has done all the work to establish your new identity in Jesus Christ. This is great news. And we should rejoice in this. And we should relish and say, thank you, Lord. No matter how hard my relationships are in my family, you have established my identity. Let me live in that new identity in Jesus. And then thirdly, don't, don't live in denial. You know, if you're angry at your husband, continue conversations. Yeah, be aware of what triggers, you know, explosiveness in your volatility in your relationship. And of course, there have to be biblical boundaries in your relationship as you have these conversations. And that's, we, we believe that wholly. But you've got to continue to process this with your, your spouse, but also with God. You need to, if you're angry with God, you need to talk with him about that in, through prayer. Just a little earlier in Ephesians 4, um, Paul writes here just beautiful instructions for us. He says, be angry and do not sin. Verse 26, do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Church, whether you're here in person or online, how many of us open up our lives and our families and our relationships to the devil's kinds of mischief and lies because we're holding on to anger, unrighteous anger, and we're not dealing with it. And so we, as the, the church body, need to, we need to not live in denial. And then finally, grie grieve and then forgive completely. Um, ladies, wives, you know, uh, it, it is okay to be sad, really sad about another sin. And you should grieve that. Listen, if you were married <laughs> to the greatest Let's say you're a woman, you're married to the greatest, most dedicated Christ follower in the world. At some place, sometime, you're going to get severely disappointed with them because they struggle with sin too, and the flesh, and they get focused on their own self-interest. And it's okay to grieve when we get disappointed from relationships. We all do, right? But then we've got to take one more step is we've got to forgive and, and forgive as the scripture says. Uh, Ephesians 4 verse 31 says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. There's the key. As God in Christ forgave you, ladies, wives, you're to forgive your husband. And you're to forgive those around you who you're struggling with. Like, I don't want to submit to them. But no, you need to work through your anger and then, and then forgive appropriately, biblically, those around you God has called, commanded you to do so. That's Christ, because Christ utterly, completely forgave you. 
So think about Jesus. You know, uh, if, if Jesus was in this room, and God, by the way, he is in this room. He's in the center of his church as we worship him. We can't see him, but he is here. Jesus is not only the most powerful person in this room, he is the most powerful person in the universe. And Philippians chapter 2 tells us what Jesus did. He, though he was equal with God, he humbled himself and became like a servant, a bondservant. And became obedient to God the Father, to death, even death on a cross. The greatest act of humility, of submission, was by Jesus Christ when he died on the cross for you and me. At Gethsemane, where he cried out to his Father. He pleaded with him. In essence, these are John's words, paraphrase of Scripture. God I want to submit to you in everything, but not to die on a cross. Not your will. I don't want to do this. And the Father says, this is my will. And then he, so he finally agreed, struggling with this. And he said, not my will be done, but your will be done, Father. I trust you have my best interest in mind and the interest of others. All those who we will save through the work of redemption. You see, wives, husbands, singles, whatever state you're in, submission is for everyone. But you're not doing this alone, and this is not a dirty word. Christ, the eternal sovereign God, submitted to his Father, that we would be saved. Wow. And that's why we can submit to him in, in all our relationships. Let's pray together. Lord, uh, we, are, we are so thankful for your work Thank you, God. For your eternal plan that Jesus came and he was born in really a state of humility. Born a human, though he was God, fully God. And he grew up he never sinned, he never failed, and then he died on a cross. And so, God, we thank you that Jesus was willing to do the ultimate work of submission. So help us as we submit properly in all relationships, and especially first and foremost to you, give us and remind us that you want us to flourish. That's the reason. You want us to be like that beautiful tree planted by living water. We want us to flourish in your grace. And we give you praise and glory in your name, Lord.
Amen. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.